communication have you heard of hicks law is it the one that states the time taken to make a decision is directly proportional to the number of choices yes it is and when ordering food online its importance increases exponentially as someone would not want to spend more than 5 minutes while ordering dinner right that's why understanding the key pieces is so important as it helps minimize navigation time and shortens the user's journey which in turn saves time yes what's your favorite drink by the way virgin mojito yours blueberry smoothie oh it's so refreshing with this we are very excited to welcome ankita agrawal an interaction designer at google one of the rare designers on earth who has a linear journey food is a most primitive form of solace in love with pizzas and exotic drinks we are very electrified to welcome ankita agrawal an interaction designer currently working with google a person who says one day i'm going to make the onions cry has a witty personality with a great sense of humor welcome to 9 degrees exploring new angles hi ankita welcome to 9 degrees feel so great to talk to a googler finally so how are you doing these days and where are you staying currently hey keshav uh thank you so much for having me here and uh, this is a great initiative uh, and uh, i would like to really congratulate you for uh, starting something like this while you are at college and i think it's also a great learning not just for your audience but uh, for you also so uh, for me i think uh, like all the other people uh, covid has kind of uh, you know uh, kind of Well, displaced me from my workplace to now back to my hometown so i'm right now in banaras and yeah. uh, i i otherwise i'm based in bangalore uh, with google office in bangalore but uh, you know we got a notice already that uh, we would not be uh, you know starting offices until this september uh, 2021 which yeah. we got to know last september itself so it was almost like a one year gap and so i thought it mm-hmm. made sense to come back to my hometown where i already had a house and you know it makes no sense staying in bangalore and paying the rent then yeah it's a very expensive city so yeah i think so also i i think i'm particularly just very uh, I'm a big foodie, so that is <laughs> I was missing my North Indian food, and um, nothing against the food of Bangalore, but uh, yeah. you know a lot of things I would not get there. There are certain vegetables I which which I would not get there, which were unique to my uh, state. So I was like, uh, might as well shift and enjoy all those delicacies which I've been missing out for the past few years. Yeah, you like the questions that are coming then for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully. It's a it's a big coincidence that I've structured around that. So. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. So your your journey in design is like a linear path, right? Which is not the case with many designers. So how was it that you were so sure about design in the beginning? Right. Uh so you know uh, you you are right about the fact that I have a very linear path and uh, honestly uh, it comes across as a surprise to many people uh, that okay. I wanted to be a designer specifically an interior designer since yeah. my fourth class. I just Ooh. don't know what came to my mind uh, there was some sort of an inner calling which said that i wanted to be an interior designer i know it's very unusual for a child at that age to really have some kind of calling but it yeah. ha- it was there and i'm a very determined person and a very focused person that way so i kind of pursued that calling and yeah. uh, after my 12th i pursued my course in design however after interior design uh, the road was not that rosy as i thought yeah. uh, when i actually entered the industry i realized that uh, 
it's not that create. Uh, I mean, it's creative, but it's a lot of commercial also because if you yeah. don't set up your own studio and if you don't select the kind of projects you're trying to do, uh, you end up doing. You just end up being just another brick in the wall. And that yeah. was something I was not very convinced with as an idea. And uh, that's how I thought that I want to study further in design and maybe get into a field which is more broad and which is more open-ended, so I can actually have wider implications of design. Okay. And that's how I stumbled upon this course at NID, which was strategic design management. Okay. And uh, I went to pursue that. And it was quite an open-ended course. And my fellow uh, colleagues at uh, NID are now, some are uh, product designers like me, some are researchers, some are uh, you know into a completely different uh, domain. They are into uh, product management uh, and some are doing a lot of different things. They have their own studios and consultancies. So everybody yeah. is doing a different thing. And that's the beauty and the nature of this course, that it kind of teaches you the intersection of, at, of business and design. Yeah. This so reminds, that's how, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. This no, no, no. This reminds me of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, and the, fact yeah. that, the fact that you said uh, since the fourth class, you were sure about getting into design. Uh, it's like we can relate you to Michael Phelps. He was <laughs> so sure about swimming and yeah, that way. No, I think I think still I, I wouldn't probably go into, uh, you know, I don't, wouldn't say that I'm as uh, at the level of Michael Phelps because yeah. he's pursued swimming till the end, <laughs> like yeah. me, who completely shifted gears. So, you know, it's a very funny thing that my relatives and a lot of people who don't really understand UX design, they yeah. sometimes don't understand what an interior designer is doing at Google because they still <laughs> think that I'm pursuing, I'm, I'm working in interior design. And I have yeah. to really tell them that, so in a very uh, layman term, I tell them that I do app design. And now that because of the smartphones, people have started understanding apps. So they're like, okay, okay, this is related yeah. something to engineering and coding and stuff. So they'll be like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what does a typical day in your life look like while working as an interaction designer at Google, which I'm very covetous of? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it is definitely not uh, probably which people would think that, oh, my, you, may, you may be designing all the cool products and this, uh, you probably will be sitting in front of your tool all day. Uh, we yeah. definitely do much more than that. In fact, uh, I would say that uh, only 20% of my time goes in designing, rest 80% of my time goes in selling. And Ooh. actually, I'm selling my ideas, I'm convincing my team, I'm convincing my cross-functional partners, like my engineers, my product managers, that, hey, this is the solution we should do for our users. This is something which will improvise the product. Yeah. So it's basically, uh, you know, the day is pretty much about meetings where we are talking, we're doing long-term strategies, we are doing uh, next quarter strategies, where we are thinking about, okay, this is, this is the upcoming project we are taking up, and okay, what are the ideas around in the room from everybody that what should be the approach like and what are we trying to solve here so there's a lot of thinking brainstorming collaborating which happens and yeah. then there's only 20 percent loan time where i'm actually sitting down and designing and uh, then again the whole process of taking feedback from everybody starts and so once i start working and start designing and come up with some concepts that's yeah. when i go to my you know team there's an open forum in our team where we have uh, it's called design critique sessions where everybody in the team will come and give you feedback on your design and that's how you learn and you get more perspectives on your design. Yeah, got so, it. I think I've read yeah. somewhere that in Google there are very many small, small teams and they collaborate and work on the product together. It's not like that design is a one person's job. 
definitely not and you heard it pretty right google is a very collaborative company and uh, it's all about relationship building and collaboration here you definitely cannot work in silos and yeah. i think uh, it also that's how the products are so uh, i would say perfect uh, so user focused because everybody is striving to bring out the best for the users yeah. and uh, collective effort definitely helps there yeah i think when collaborating and working with cross functional teams their uh, biases you know don't come in the way of designing i think correct so, yeah i think as designers we are already i mean definitely asked and trained to not have biases and but, all but the, still there are some yeah, that 1% bias so definitely that 1% bias is also removed because some other person will have another point of view yeah exactly so you know i read a recent uh, linkedin post recently a theory which was centered around how google started and uh-huh. it was based on the fact that there are always 1% of the people in any company who do not feel entitled to work there and they are the ones you know who sort of move the company forward so what are your thoughts on this i think uh, it is not true because uh, you know first of all uh, once you come into the company a lot of people do face imposter syndrome and they think that they're not good enough uh, yeah. uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, you know they because they don't think they're not good enough and they have this imposter syndrome they try to do more that's not the case because the kind of environment you are in you're already yeah. at working with the best talent with the best minds of the industry so yes. in that case uh, you may feel you may feel that imposter syndrome but that doesn't mean uh, that you're any less because if you're hired by google you have to be smart i mean you are smart and the company has really seen because we have a very very intense interview process so yeah. there is no chance that you are hired by a luck or a fluke yeah which uh, sure. is a very thorough thing so uh, you i don't think so you may have imposter syndrome one once or twice or maybe sometimes but it doesn't mean that you constantly feel you are not good enough because you are among smart people and then you also want to be uh, you know you to be relevant and to be to prove your worth that okay you were hired for a reason and you you know the company hired you right you also would work towards it so yeah. uh, i don't think so it's true that way yeah even i also think that in cases a person does not feel entitled to do a job at a firm like google i don't think he'll be able to get in in the first place then correct correct so, absolutely yeah so how do you get how did you get into ux design and what do you think went wrong and what went right in the process <laughs> so i my uh, encounter to ux was an accident uh, i mm. was actually in, uh, you know i completed one of my thesis uh, so in nid uh, in the final year we have something called as a graduation project which is pretty much like an industry thesis project yeah and i did my uh, thesis project uh, which was primarily around service design uh, with very little tint or hint of ux to it and yeah. uh, so I, i presented that project in my placements to make my trip and the then director of design and make my trip really liked it the project and the yeah. whole thought thinking around it and he actually wanted to hire me to start like a service design uh, uh you know wing sort of a thing or a service design yeah. effort in make my trip a vertical and yes sort of a vertical and that's how he hired me but at that point of time they did not really have a service design uh, designation so to say so i was definitely given the designation of a ux designer okay and uh, then eventually when i got into the company i one of the projects i got in the you know my early days was related to ux 
so I, I i didn't mind it because it was interesting problem solving has always been very very amusing to an interest i have always been interested in problem solving so this was interesting to me because it was a problem solving project yeah and that's how i actually learned like you know stumbled upon doing a full fledged ux project and uh, if i see my early box which i made at that point of time i would laugh today because they were be really like you know maybe a kid drawing a stick figure in the start <laughs> yeah and you would have drawn those mountains and sun and river in your early days of childhood uh it was those kind of wireframes which i drew at that point of time because i was really starting out like a child and yeah. uh, i i had ideas and i had thoughts but it was difficult for me at that point of time to actually transfer it to some sort of mockups and wireframes but i started out i learned the tool i saw how it was done and that's how you know i got interested in it and eventually i got full fledged into ux design and uh, today you know i i'm working with uh, i'm just i feel lucky to have been working with the best company in the world yeah for sure i think that's where the book comes from steel like an artist so that yeah. people don't feel that way and yeah so that's what i wanted to say so you know i came across a company recently uh-huh. charge charge b and it raised 55 million dollars to help businesses move to subscriptions right so first of all what are your thoughts on this because switching to a subscription based model will make profits for sure but don't you think that people will prefer to pay pay upfront rather than recurring payments see uh, i what i have noticed these days a lot of people uh, because of these ott platforms yeah uh, a lot of people are now getting into the habit of uh, you know uh, recurring payments or payments which are done automatically they get deducted from your credit card so there's this whole wave in india which has started suddenly like people are yeah. owning credit cards people are putting these automatic charges on the credit card uh, a lot of these credit cards are also giving you uh, benefits when you link a payment like maybe your electricity bill or your uh, phone bill to the credit card so yeah. this is developing a habit for people and you know once you develop once you develop a habit for somebody which is hassle free like the way you know the digital payments came into india that earlier people were uh, hesitant to do digital payments but when a lot of people saw the ease of digital payments that it is just one click go and you're done yeah. they a lot of people have started adopting it now and it has become so easy that today uh, honestly if i tell you from my personal experience i have not seen an atm for the past 6 months probably oh because i don't go and withdraw any cash my dad would go and withdraw some cash if needed and i just do online payments all the time yeah so it's become so convenient that today if i have to give cash somewhere i just feel it so much of a hassle so uh, i guess once you develop a habit for people of convenience and that's yeah. how amazon and flipkart has also gained this popularity where people like to actually order from amazon and flipkart not just for the sake of discounts and offers which they are giving but also for the sake of convenience So when you yeah. develop the habit of convenience, I think uh, eventually there will be a shift in behavior. So subscription model is nothing but convenience. That you link something and you basically it gets deducted from your whatever pay payment method every month, and you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. So you mentioned Amazon and Flipkart, and one question came into my mind. So what would you think that is Flipkart's UI better than Amazon's UI? See I would say they all have their pros and cons uh, both the UIs have their own pros and cons yeah. I would rather look at them from a UX perspective than a UI yeah. perspective because yeah. Amazon has 
uh, you know, was known at some point of time for their user experience, overall user experience, because it was quite simple. Mm-hmm. I do understand that there have been a lot of things now which Amazon is doing at the same time, so it may become crowded for the users. But it's still a very simplistic experience for a lot of people, and uh, yeah. they also have their customer service, which is probably the best in class. Yeah. So overall, they both have their own pros and cons. Some people. in the tier 2 and tier 3 cities i see that they get flipkart ui better and uh, uh, some people uh, prefer the amazon ui better so i think it's a very personal choice uh, yeah. they both have built it in a nice way i would say and also if it's driving up sales then you can't say that it's us not good so exactly and also the fact that you know these are such large scale companies now yeah. they are literally serving millions and millions of users that if you shift one thing from here to there it can yeah. make a lot of difference in the numbers and metrics going maybe down and up and going crazy so it's not easy to change things uh, when you know billions and millions and billions of people are using it yeah which twitter recently did it changed its font so very yeah small, it's a very small thing but yeah it's a big change yes it is a big change uh, when your product engagement is very high and also you have to see what kind of a change it is a font may if it is readable it may still be fine but yeah. something like let's say i change the see uh, the primary the color of the primary button which amazon has maybe the proceed yeah. to pay button i change it to blue a lot of people in india actually relate to the apps not with what is written but because yeah. not many people understand english they'll be like okay you have to click on this orange button and then you move forward and imagine if i change that orange to blue tomorrow yeah people will be lost those visual cues help a lot exactly they 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 are they actually associate the apps through visual cues rather than reading it because not everybody understands english right so they are yeah. actually trained by somebody else to know that they have to click on this orange button and then they have to do this yeah that's right so you know design is independent of domains and industries so what would you want to say to those people who are always on the lookout for trending topics and who ignore the open ended nature of design I would just want to say that see trends will come and go. Uh, they are not going to stay, but the basics and the foundation of design is always going to stay, no matter what trend comes today. So yeah. if you want to be a well-rounded designer, if you want to be a solid designer, uh, you really have to understand the basics because the basics are based on the behavior of users, the behavior of people. Like yeah. the back button is always going to be mostly at the top. right end the ba- uh, sorry the drop top left end the close button yeah. is always going to be at the top right end mostly yeah so if you change it to probably in the bottom right or in the bottom left it's not yeah. going to help people i mean uh, there, there could be a trend like that but do you really think it's a normal or it it's an intentional and expected user behavior no so uh, you if you are actually changing a lot of times design has come to change the way people uh you know interact with the product also but you have to still see some sort of com- commonality between it uh yeah. there's a term called skeuomorphism yeah it's it's going on these days a lot yeah yes and it's basically related to defining or making something which is familiar to people in a very yeah. simpler term yeah so if you don't change the natural behavior of someone uh it's then you can make the person easily adopt your product Yeah, that that's right. So glass morphism is also going on these days. Yes, yes. There are a lot of these terms which are there. I don't really particularly stick to a lot of these terms, but I recently read it and I found it very interesting. 
yeah same here so you know why do you think that most people assume ux to be ui the both of them are in fact experiences so do you think people care more about the visual appeal of the product these days so i would say uh, i think there's this uh, as you mentioned in your last question that people actually tend to get into the bandwagon of trends yeah and uh, one trend is also you know publishing uh, which ui is better this or that on linkedin yeah, or on, i hate those looking at, yes exactly and looking at uh, looking at uh, you know uh, maybe dribble posts where yeah. dribble is mostly like an instagram of design posts it's like a lookbook you can only look at things there is no uh, you know you can write a little few lines about it but that doesn't explain your thought process completely or that doesn't explain the whole how the whole flow looks like yeah. it, so that ways i still feel that uh, you know it's easy to get carried away with what something looks like it may look very beautiful yeah, like sure. uh, but it has to be functional also see yeah. design is not art it's basically it's meant to be functional so yeah. don't just get into creating something beautiful you have to also see that it should function for its intention the way why it was created basically yeah function over form and not the other way around correct also those linkedin posts are a reason that we should collaborate a lot <laughs> i think i think uh, a lot of people think uh, so see there is a very basic need to become a designer for uh, and that is having a portfolio Yeah. and people think a portfolio is basically nothing but uh, you know a culmination or a collection of few uh, ui mockups i would say yeah, and for sure. uh, they forget that you have to show like a functional product it needs to have the problem it is solving it needs to tell the story of which user it is solving the problem for they forget all those things and they just design few mockups saying that hey this is a redesign of amazon or this is a redesign yeah. of facebook or redesign of google app but you have to understand that why these products are created in this way the people yeah. the these talented people sitting out in those companies are also looking out for product improvisations so yeah. you have to understand why uh, you know what are the metrics what are the user what are the user behavior before you just kind of create another version ui version of that product yeah the journey is more important than the destination yeah 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 so how was your transition as a ux designer from a to g from amazon to google <laughs> yeah. i think uh, it was a very cultural transition more than a designer transition yeah. uh so the culture at both the companies are very very different and uh, uh so amazon uh, you know was my first encounter with such a tech giant which is probably you know present in so many countries globally uh globally present and uh, with people all across the globe you're talking to because we used to talk to leaks sitting in the US office and you know yeah. london office and other places too so uh it was my first uh, i would say international exposure so to say yeah. and uh, it was a very different culture uh, and uh, nothing good or bad against it but google's culture is very different from amazon for a tech giant like this i mean the culture at google is much more open people are very very polite i mean uh, you know first day i was at sh- in shock i was like why is this person being so polite to me <laughs> and uh, maybe because i'm a newbie and you know they're trying to make me comfortable but i realized eventually that people are just like that at google like every single person is so polite so helpful nobody is trying to demean you nobody is trying to boss over you 
and yeah. the best part about google was that uh, the you know even the senior people were very approachable which was yeah. a slightly difficult case in amazon uh, so i think uh, that is the transparency and the flat hierarchy which we call at a lot of uh, you know which is a very in term these days is actually followed at google like there are designations but nobody is trying to show it off yeah. and everybody is approachable to you and everybody replies to you if you have a question i think netflix so, is at another level when it comes to this thing because netflix culture is very different from any other company in the world i'm right. reading a, i'm reading a book on netflix uh, it's titled no rules rules so uh-huh. an interesting thing about netflix is that there are no rules in netflix okay and, and it has propelled them to such a big stage right now so yeah i mean if they are i i'm also surprised that they are included in the fan list so yeah. if they are included in the fan list and they are a very very recent company compared to the other ones which are there in those list so yeah. that way is i'm sure they are doing something right to be there they are they have done everything which has which harvard professors have advised against but still <laughs> they are successful so yeah i think uh, yes there is no one rule or as you're saying the book already says no rule rule yeah. uh, there's nothing uh, you it's almost a trial and error thing which you have to do and see what works and what doesn't yeah so they they are like they treat people as adults and not like children so i think that's why they have such successful business Right yeah i think uh, it's very very important culture is something which i realize that yeah. wherever you go and work it's very important to be aligned to that culture like uh, i mean i feel uh, i'm a person who's who's very open minded who's very free i don't like uh, micromanagement i don't like something yeah. bossing over me so exactly that ways i feel at home in google because there is no micromanagement uh, you are trusted that you are hired uh, so you are good at what you do so they trust you and they leave you with the work and there is nobody looking over you and micromanaging you or be bossing over you and your opinion is also respected which is very very important and that actually gives you the confidence to work there is a sense of control that that's very important i think so yes yes so do you think in the future ux will play a major role in advertising and if yes why I think uh, you know as a designer uh, as a UX designer I see UX everywhere like yeah. I mean I, I see UX in physical things also and I feel that so UX is nothing but user experience whatever is your experience interacting with a product and in that product may not be digital only it may not be an app or a website it could be a physical product also they like, yeah. uh, uh, I mean Don Normal uh, has put out in his book also the design of everyday things yeah. that if a door Uh, you know if a door is not intuitive enough for you to understand whether you have to push it or pull it then the design has failed the user experience is not right yeah i also remember it, it was saying that two designers worked on a door and one was very beautiful and the other one was functional and Correct. the other one won so right yeah. exactly so that's how it is right so i think yeah. uh, if you get the user right and if you design the right user experience from them for them no matter what field it is whether it is advertising whether it is marketing uh, yeah. you know you are bound to be uh, a differentiator in the market you are bound to be like if you see how zomato does their uh, uh, communications like they have such great punches and i really give it to the, the zomato yeah. content strategists for it that they really develop it they really go with the trends like whatever yeah. whatever thing is trending at the moment they will go with it this reminds me of the apple launch event 
just when the yeah. e- event got uh, event commenced and Zomato came out with a post stating uh, that the difference between iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 yeah uh, it, w- it was mean, very creative something. yeah, yeah. they are very creative they are very i would say their sense of uh, you know the sense of humor they have in their poses yeah. so on point that explains so I- their ipo <laughs> <laughs> yes so i think uh, it's not just important to have the right user experience with your product but also with your communication i mean otherwise everybody would like to keep the notifications off but just because yeah. of these great punches people would still keep their notifications on yeah that's true for sure so you know covid has highlighted the importance of remote work these days and it certainly will rise in the upcoming years so according to you how can we increase engagement in remote team work so uh, i think uh, I am not a very uh, I am not very pro remote work okay. uh, because in the past uh, few months I have seen that uh, when you work in silos, no matter you have your uh, GVCs and you know video calls and stuff to really collaborate and talk. But the kind of in-person uh, collaboration which can really happen uh, yeah. is is not always possible on a virtual platform. So yeah. uh, I think. Uh, it's always good to have a virtual, you know, a hybrid mix uh, sure. where you are spending some time when it is needed to be to have in-person collaboration and some time virtual. I definitely don't think that those five-day work uh, at office is a good idea because most of the Mondays and Fridays goes goes and commute only. So you know, yeah. it's just like a lot of uh, taxation on your body, unnecessary, and a lot of your precious time getting wasted. So I think a smart hybrid work approach definitely helps. But otherwise, if you want to create more virtual uh, engagement, and if you have to, you know, like increase collaboration, yeah. uh, you just have to keep uh, meeting everybody at a very, uh, you know, daily basis, and maybe yeah. make those engagements more fun rather than very formal. Like, yeah. uh, you know, here at Google. Uh, uh, like today also like if i'm sitting in my like you don't have to be dressed like i sit in my pajamas and t-shirts and i may yeah. be having my breakfast while i'm in the gvc and i excuse myself that sorry guys i haven't got the chance to have my breakfast i'm just grabbing it during the meeting and people yeah. are okay with it so when you create that informal environment it the fatigue goes away so it's you know it's yeah. more uh, smooth it's more easy for uh, people to collaborate so i think uh, you just have to increase that sense that it is always just one screen between two people but it yeah. should feel like an in-person collaboration so maybe yeah. develop more tools for it yeah that's right because logistically speaking uh, companies will prefer a virtual uh, kind of workspace rather than a, 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 an, an in-office workspace so i think they will do something like that to increase engagement yeah yeah i think uh, a lot of companies have already declared that they want to be permanently remote and yeah. uh, which is i think is a completely uh, individual's choice there uh, at google we have been given this flexibility that we can either go for an hybrid option or we can go a complete remote option and yeah. uh, i think uh, but google really values in person collaboration a lot so they don't want to do away with it completely and that's why they've given the choice to the employees that how would they prefer as per their situation I think in future it will be very exclusive if someone is coming to a company to work. Just my thoughts, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I am badly uh, you know waiting for my office to open up because yeah. I yearn and long to go to the office now. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Uh, 
So, you know, f- for example, many people in the world dream of working at big companies like Google, Facebook, Apple, Netflix. And sometimes what happens is that after they get hired at their dream companies, they lose interest. So why do you think that we lose interest in something that was our dream at some point in life? See, the thing is, um, you know, we as human beings, and I might sound, I may sound a little philosophical here, but we as human beings are, you know, uh, probably, I would say, not trained, but we are in, uh, wired in such a way yeah. that till the time we don't get what we badly want, we are after it and, you know, we are dreaming of it and we are working towards it. But the moment we get it, we get a little complacent that, okay, yeah. we finally achieved it. So you will be probably basking in the glory of it for a few days that, oh, you finally got your dream company. But after a point of time, uh, it, you just become complacent because you're just used to it. Like It's almost like probably owning your favorite gadget that, uh, let's say you really adored a certain Xbox sort of a gadget or something which is really expensive. And you work towards it, you dream of it, you work towards it, and you finally get it. Yeah. For the starting few days or months, you'll be like very careful about using it and you'll keep it very nicely and you'll keep it all good and everything, clean it up and everything. But after a few days, when you get used to it and when it is not any more new for you, yeah. uh, you will just be throwing it around somewhere here or there. So I think it's just like uh, that, that once you get used to a certain place, you lose that charm of newness until the charm of newness is there. You're all excited. But the moment, if that place doesn't interest you anymore, maybe that place doesn't have much uh, anything more interesting to offer you. Or sometimes what happens is that we have a dream of being in a certain place. Yeah. And we don't know about how it feels to be inside it once you're there. Uh, once you actually go there, you may realize that it was not all that great what you dreamt of. It was yeah. probably not that great. It was all very rosy from outside, but inside it doesn't feel that great. And then you may lose interest. Yeah. Do you think this is the reason behind many heartbreaks? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, see, everything, every whether it's a relationship or whether it's getting your dream job, everything is a commitment and you have to work towards it every day, even after getting it. Yeah. And right. you are the person who has to keep that spark alive. And they say that in a relationship also, uh, I mean, whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's any sort of relationship, whether it's a friendship also, someone has to keep the spark alive, either you or the other person. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, do you think writing can make someone a better designer as both the domains require critical thinking? Sorry, uh, can you repeat the question? So, do you think writing can make someone a better designer as both of the domains require critical thinking? Writing... Uh, I, I, I mean documenting a, your thoughts in a way so so documenting your thoughts could lead you to a lot of professions right I mean yeah. uh, you can also become a liar if you de- read the legal part of things yeah. you can also uh, you know you can uh, become a psychologist if you read about and write about uh, research papers about human psychology so there are I think uh, these are not correlated fields completely uh, yeah. They both are, uh, they do both require creative and critical thinking both, but it depends upon what you're writing about. I mean, uh, if I'm writing about technical stuff, I may still not become a designer because, see, it's not more, it's not how critical thinking is involved in a lot of places. Like even in your engineering exam, you have critical thinking, right? But yeah. not necessarily that if you're giving an engineering exam, you can also give a design exam. There's a lot of other qualities which you require and crit- crit- uh, critical thinking is probably just one of it. Okay. 
That's right. So what would you like to say to a young designer who is just starting out his journey into this field? I would say that, you know, uh, don't get carried away with, uh, I would say, trends and fads and what other people are doing and somebody is making a very beautiful UI. Just focus on what you are getting to do. Like, focus on the tri- problems you are trying to solve and yeah. always try to see and track your progress in terms of the impact you are creating. The impact may be very small. The impact may be like, you know, probably you designed something which created a difference in one person's life, maybe. And that's yeah. still okay. I mean, you don't need to really touch thousands of lives to become a good designer. Even if you have changed one person's life, if you have created a difference, made it better, you still become a designer. You still solve the problem. So I think yeah. uh, just focus on the problems you are solving and the impacts you are creating. And uh, don't uh, be afraid of taking risks. And you have to understand that there's no right and wrong in design. So yeah. just see that what is actually making a difference rather than feeling that if this will be right or wrong. And I would say that the learning never stops. So even if you have five years of experience or if you have four years of experience, don't think that you have reached at it. You're still learning. Yeah, that's right. I think it's better to look at the first stair rather than looking at the whole staircase if someone is starting right now. Yeah, absolutely. And also one very, very important thing, please don't get carried away with a lot of tools. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to put a perspective to it, I only use one tool, which is Figma, and which also I learned after coming to Google. Before that, I was only using Sketch. I, yeah. till they don't know how to use any tool of uh, Adobe Suite, but I'm still yeah. at Google. So, you know, yeah. tools don't make you a designer. So, you have to really, really understand that your thinking is what is important. Tools yeah. will come and go, and it's just a medium of translating your ideas into something tactical. Also, anyone can use a tool in just like a matter of a week. But Yes, absolutely. You have tons of videos out there to explain you how to use a tool. Yeah, but what to do with it is, is, is what matters more exactly. than using the tool. Exactly. Yeah, so it was really great talking to you. And now it's time for rapid fire. So okay. there'll be nine questions and you have to answer each question in 10 seconds. So okay. are you, are you ready? Yes, absolutely. So, favorite thing to eat? Rajma Chawal. <laughs> the last book you read? Uh, okay, one second. I forgot this name. Uh, the Power of the Subconscious Mind. Oh, Joseph Murphy, right? Yes. Uh, favorite genre in movies or web series? Comedy. Which company's logo do you like the most? Okay, I'm an Apple fan. I have to say Apple. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer to any question given right now. <laughs> favorite season? Uh, season. Okay, I was actually going to web series. Uh, favorite season would be... Uh, see, you can I, say that also for web series as well. You can. Okay, so web series it definitely has to be friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, for favorite season, I would say somewhere between summer and winter uh, when, you know, there's not much rains, but it's not too hot also, but it's not too cold also. When summer is fading away, it's winter is just Almost, yes, yes, yes. So, what do you do when you run out of ideas? I Google. <laughs> <laughs> Swiggy or Zomato? Whichever offers gives me the best offer and discounts. Uh, nice answer. So, how will you describe yourself in three words? Focused, independent, and mm, helpful. Uh, nice. 
so the most popular myth in ux according to you ux is equal to ui <laughs> <laughs> so thanks a lot for being on the show it was really nice talking to you same here keshav i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you so much for having me here and hope uh, you know i could answer your questions uh, the, you know what you were looking for the answers you were looking for yeah they were really great for sure bye bye thank you bye bye lot for listening hope you all had a great time 9 degrees exploring new angles also we'd love to hear from you do drop us a review and follow us on instagram @9degreesofficial and yeah do subscribe on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen till then stay tuned cheers